Welcome everyone to the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast special Beef and Ransom episode. This week, my guest is Ransom. Ransom, how are you doing today? Yes. That's very interesting. You're very interesting, Ransom. Thanks for being on the show today, Ransom. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. Once again, everybody, it's the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. We are here to do ticklings in your ear with our wrestling words and propaganda that we like to spin in the Wrestleverse. Beef the Legend, Poop the Bard, Tiger Bomb Tom, Ransom the Madman, we're all here. None of us have the gold because allegedly it's been won by somebody else. That's neither here nor there in this episode, but next week... Things will do stuff and happen when it happens. Uh, intro over. Um, last episode, we did a lot of talking about the Cesaros and the Cody Rhodeses and things of that nature. What's on deck for this episode? Yeah, man. And just for our listeners at home, we are, we, we are down a bard and, and, and a tiger. They will be joining us. So for now, you are going to have the beef and ranch show you lucky lucky bastards uh, i wanted to give that little special intro because i know my man ransom would appreciate the multar reference when space ghost was not at the helm sometimes you just got to be the guy flipping switches and having fun pretending that you're the guy but yeah man we have uh, we have some good stuff to talk about tonight uh, we're gonna talk uh, about the promos on wednesday night on on dynamite and i'm sure we'll have some more speculation about uh revolution matches uh as well as you know more wrestlemania talk because you know, tis the season. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. I feel like I say that every fucking year around WrestleMania. So, uh, but it's 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 true. You know, uh, uh, you know, there's 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 no reason not to really be too too excited. And then uh, if there's time, hey, we can do a, a stump the champs as well um, when we're back at full force because God knows we need four brains to get past the maniac. So yeah, he just he loves to lob them. Yeah, man, he uh, he he's he's He's, he's a pretty smart brain boy. Uh, I, I keep seeing Poot like light up in the Discord, and I'm like, is Poot still here? He's just like wandering around his apartment aimlessly, like pretending to give guitars to people. Is that what's happening now? Has he Who lost knows? His he mind? probably didn't mute his mic when he left, so we'll hear him come back in the background. Right? Just just like we heard him like laughing as he was leaving. At, at least I popped Sloppy. him, so I'll I'll take it. So, Sloppy boy. Uh, did you, Ransom, get a chance to watch that promo from MJF last night on Dynamite? Well, I'm sorry, on Wednesday night on Dynamite. I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, I, I did see a lot of people talking about it, though. So it must have been a damn good promo that he gave off. Um, I did see something, make, someone make reference about him shedding some tears. Yeah. What, uh, what's uh, all that about? So just to catch you and potentially our audience up, because I don't know how many of our audience watches AEW. I assume most of them, since we're largely 
you know, positive about AEW, but who knows? Um, so basically, he came out and talked about how CM Punk was his hero. CM Punk brought out that picture of, uh, of like, a young MGF meeting uh, CM Punk, getting a, a, a signature, you know, from way back Ooh. in the day that's been floating yeah. around the internet for years. Um, I, and I thought it was really fucking smart that they brought that in. So last uh, on Wednesday, uh, MJF was um, talking about how you know CM Punk referenced that it was the biggest day of MJF's life, but to, to CM Punk it was just another Friday. And um, so MJF MJF started saying, "Yeah, you know what? Like that's one hundred percent legit." It was the biggest day of my life, and for you, it was just another Friday. And he went on to say that, like, you know, he, you know, growing up, he didn't fit in. He was, you know, a, a short kid, uh, Jewish, didn't have a lot of friends. And, like, he finally made the football team, and when he thought he was finally being accepted, he wasn't. And they picked on him, and they threw a quarter at him and made him pick him up. But he got out of his own head because he's like, hey, man, tonight I'm being CM Punk. I'm meeting my hero. This is awesome. Flash forward a couple years later when he's uh, in, uh, getting ready to go to college. He's getting offers for, like, football scholarships and things. He's like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to go be, like, my hero. I'm going to be, like, CM Punk. I'm going to go and wrestle and prove how great I am, just like he did. Uh, and then he said, like, you know, January 2014 rolled around, and he left, and he left him. He left him, you know, high and dry. And, you know, at the time he needed him Ooh. the most, he was gone. And then uh, he talked about going to college and then having, like, seeing a picture of, like, him and Danielson, like, shaking hands and reinvigorated him to be the best in the world despite or in spite of CM Punk. Um, very well delivered. Very. And, and, like, he talked about him, like, him being a, um, a kid with ADHD and, like, having a terrible, like, ADHD problem. And, you know. First off, props to him if, if if that's true, and I don't, you know, who knows? It's 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 all fucking work shoot at this point. Um, yeah, with MJF, like, you can never tell. Like, you know, if 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 any modicum of that is true, like, first of all, props to referencing that because it's you know, ADHD is a big fucking deal now, uh, and bullying, God knows, it's a hot button issue, and um, both I think need to be resolved. I mean, we're never going to get res a resolution period, but, but I think, you know, right now they're, they're, they're running wild as, as the saying goes. So for him to put a spotlight on himself saying, Hey, look, I went through this and now look at me, I'm one of the hottest professional talents in the world. You can get through it. Like kind of like a wink and nudge, like, Hey, you can get through it too. Um, right. but yeah, like putting that personal touch on it, man, it was fucking great. And then punk comes out to the ring, no music, street gear, and he just like no mic, and he says, "Was that true?" And you know, MGF goes, "Yeah, it was true," and just left. Uh, it, really, really good piece of mic work, man. It, 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 you you will have to go back and watch it. It was outstanding. Um, I, I've I, I've seen comparisons like comparing him to The Rock, which I've been doing for two years now. That's not a surprise to me. But yeah, mm -hmm. man, he 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 absolutely killed it. And 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 it's 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 a, it's a great build for him versus Punk for the dog collar match next weekend. So that's happening at Revolution. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep, Punk versus MJF in the dog collar match at Revolution. And I mean, it's this, this is going to sound to any wise wrestling fan like a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm assuming that MJF is going to be spinning that into a big giant heel work 100 percent one because i mean that that is like a baby face speech 
and like right. that's the that that's like the only criticism I've seen. But somebody and I don't recall who, so I I can't give proper credit. But somebody said that no, it wasn't a babyface speech. It was a super villain. It was a super a super villain origin story. Like um, that's oh. the uh, what what's his name from uh, the Incredibles? Uh, Strain, Stain, something like that. Syndrome. Um, Syndrome. Like that is like his origin story to a T. And I'm like, man, that is spot on. But yeah, like 100% is going to be like a- a- after like CM Punk takes it easy on him or whatever ends up happening. And he beats Punk in the in the dog collar match. Um, he's going to come out and be like, aha, I worked every single one of you. I even worked CM Punk himself. Ha ha ha. This is why I'm the best in the world. Uh, best on the mic because I've. You know, I I got everybody to believe me. Ha 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 ha. Um, I, I mean that that's that that's the next natural step. If not, you know, kudos because again, really powerful promo. And 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 if he uses that to like you know basically be his origin story, like hey, that's why I hate you, CM Punk. And mm. honestly, a lot of people can a, a lot of people can identify with that. Um, I am one of the biggest CM Punk fans you'll find not the biggest obviously but I'm but I am a very big CM Punk fan and uh, I hold no ill will against the guy um especially <clears throat> growing up and and learning more about you know how terrible every corporation is on the planet uh and and especially the corporation that he worked for um you know I I I don't begrudge him at all uh, and, I, and I understand why he was sour for so long and why he absolutely needed a palate cleanser like UFC to go mm-hmm. into before coming back to it. So I don't, but, but I mean, there are a lot of punk fans that followed him for a lot of years that think that he absolutely like burned every bridge they had with them and they hate him now. Really? Well, before his debut in AEW, like there, there, there were a oh, lot okay. of. There was there was a lot of vitriol slung his way about how, you know, he shouldn't have left and how he shouldn't have taken his ball and went home, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all the fucking greats have and all of them probably will, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. future because wrestling's a business that absolutely burns you out to your soul. Like, that's right. why guys yeah. like Michaels and Austin and Hart and Hogan ad nauseum have had big spots of their past that they're like, you know what? I need time. Maybe I'll be back. Maybe I won't. But see you later. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, with uh, with Revolution coming up, one would have to assume that CM Punk is going to do the favor for uh, for MJF. I right, know- like MJF is going over on CM Punk. He has to, right? Yes. But there is still a week of dynamite left, so I, you know, that could think turn that that could ter- turn things on their head. the The other thing is that MJF has already beaten Punk. He beat Punk in Chicago, so I mean, does that mean that Punk's already done the favor for MJF? Like he was the guy that beat CM Punk for the first time in AEW. He's the only person to beat CM Punk in AEW. So does that mean that like he's already done the favor and that this is the face getting over? Um, or, or, you know, because this, this could absolutely break a million different ways. Um, you could have MJF beat Punk and Paige hang on to the title 
and have a MJF versus Page square, you know, showdown coming up at uh, double or nothing. You could absolutely have Adam Cole take the title from Page, have Punk beat MJF, then have Punk then go on to beat Adam Cole in probably a short uh, title reign to give Punk a nice run with the title, uh, facing guys like Danielson, etc., only to lose the title to MJF down the line. This, yeah, I mean, this this cookie could literally break in any amount of pieces and yet still be absolutely delectable. Um, I, you know, I don't, I get that MJF is absolutely the, uh, the future of AEW and that they are slow building him to a title run. And that's 100% fine with me. Um, but I, I, I also, you know, don't think that he needs to beat punk on pay-per-view, especially with beating punk in Chicago. Um, you know, I, I I think that's a pretty big get. <clears throat> so I mean, it, it 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 all depends on where they're going next with a number of things. And I think that like you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, like Tony Khan could have planned to have Hangman Page have this big, long, awesome title reign, and you know, between Page getting the title later than he wanted to, and you know, all the new talent that's come in. Um, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, to name two guys that absolutely, you know, could be main eventers, and Punk and Danielson, that guys who are main eventers, like absolutely, that could change a lot of plans. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see, but I, I I think I think that I think that this year's Revolution in particular could be a turning point in AEW where we say this is when things changed. And I don't want to like overhype it, uh, and I'm trying to over, trying not to overhype it in my mind. But I think that this could be where things kind of pivot, and to quote, you know, quote unquote, get get really good, you know. Uh, and, and and I and I could be wrong about that. This could just be you know your standard fair AEW pay per view, which means it's going to be out of this world. But but I but I really think that they're. Um, could be something big happening. Jeez, oh man. Yeah, you know, I completely forgot that CM Punk lost to MJF already. I just, yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking about it. I just don't know, like, where, where do they go with having Punk beat MJF? Like, what's... And I'm, 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 I'm admittedly not the best with seeing into the future. So I guess whenever I look at that, I go, well, if they're setting MJF up for potentially a title run, why would he be losing to Punk? Or is Punk going to beat him and they're going to take the title off of <clears throat> Hangman Page and Punk's going to win the title? I, I don't know. Like, I'm... This whole I mean... thing has me confused a little bit. Like... In my tiny little narrow mind, I see fire promo by MJF. You know, maybe confusing Punk a little bit. MJF beats CM Punk. The end. Like, feud over. Point proven. It's, it's been done. But whenever you, whenever you kind of position it like, like you did, I'm thinking, like, well, shit. I have no idea really what to expect 
out of AEW at this revolution. Boys, what are we yakking about? Punk and MJF. Punk. Oh, also, yeah. ex- also, excuse me, I'm sorry. Who am I? I am PTB. I'm back. Welcome back. I, I've um, been listening to a lot of indeed. Keith Lee's new music. It's fantastic. So MJF and Punk. So um, I, tell I me, made... though, what, what are you thinking as far as, like, what could happen at Revolution other than MJF beating Punk? So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just get this feeling that something is getting ready to pop. And and I I don't I and and it absolutely could be like a sideways feeling. It, it could be something else going on. It could it could be maybe I'm thinking that something's gonna pop from WrestleMania. I, I don't know. But but I I get the feeling right now my my mark sense is tingling. Um, I I feel like something is going to happen at Revolution to kind of um change the landscape of AEW and, I, and again I'm I'm not trying to put pressure on them to do this I'm I'm not trying to say you know oh you know this is going to be this or this but typically historically all out has been their big like smash you in the face pay-per-view it that mm-hmm. that's been their like their, their WrestleMania all right um Double or nothing has been always stacked with debuts. Always. So, Revolution in full gear, I feel like, don't get enough love. And, and even full gear, I think, has had some really lights-out matches, both, uh, uh, you know, literal and, um, you know, uh, not literal. But Revolution, I think, every single year, I look back at Revolution, and I'm like, that's the show of the year. Like, without question in my mind, Revolution the last two years has been absolutely one of the top shows of the year, if not the top show of the year. Hmm. So I feel like something could happen at revolution. That's, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, it could be Kenny Omega returning. <clears throat> it could be Adam Cole winning the title. Uh, and uh, by the way, a dragon is also in the tag team title match. FYI, they could be draped in gold all over again. Um, you know, something I think is, is going to come and, and, and be absolutely something that's, that, that, that's going to be, you know, maybe even a, a, a major debut, i.e., you know, Wyndham, Wyndham, Wyndham Rotunda. I I think that this would be an absolute, yep. I think, I think that this, that this would be an absolute time. To bring him in, you know, something but, like that. But but hasn't Wyndham Rotunda gone on record in saying that he is trying to get into other endeavors like acting and things like that? He's never said that, but he's that that you no know, actions louder than words, and he's done some acting. But you know, I, at the same time, like absence makes the heart grow fonder, and. One hundred percent. I think he's staging himself for a big return somewhere. What do you think? If he'll not do? here at WWE, what do you think he'll do? Do you think he'll try and take a new creation, something in the vein of the Fiend, and 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 what he did with uh, Funhouse Bray Wyatt? 
Would not shock me. Would not shock me. Uh, and and I, I really wouldn't have too big of a problem with that. No. The, the question is where? So that begs the question is if if Adam Page beats Adam Cole in like this like awesome match, which I'm sure they're going to fucking have. Oh, God, um, yeah. You know, fucking lights out and out comes this just horrific Bray Wyatt or fucking uh, Wyndham Rotunda get up. You know, and he he just crushes the hangman. Like, wouldn't that be just something that leaves your draw your your jaw on the floor and like and sets Twitter on fire and everybody's talking about it for the next couple of weeks? Like, oh my god, did you see this? Can you believe this? Or you know, something to that effect. I think I I just get the feeling that things are gonna happen. <laughs> so are you I just I, I'm trying to get a sense of where your brain's at here are you thinking that by something happening it could be Adam Cole winning the gold or do you think we're going to see a big debut I, at Revolution aside from Jeff Hardy uh, I don't know it won't do you, I, I, I would have to imagine that Jeff gold. Hardy's going to show up I don't think so do you um, do you really think you don't they think they're going to the, give Cole the gold? Yeah. Do you think they would put what you the said? gold on Cole? Yeah. Uh, man, I. It's so soon. Not that he can't carry it. Not that he couldn't do it. But my oh, point he could. is, my point is with this having setting like like doing it that quick. I don't think it would take away anything from Adam Page to lose it to Adam Cole. Um, and plus then Adam Cole can say, I'm the better Adam and stuff like that. But like my, my point is it's so quick. It seems like a knee jerky reaction, but then again, beef, like you said, having him and red dragon both be draped in gold, that would, they could just well, immediately jump off with, with that. And it would, it would sell all the merch it would go over like gangbusters. And and something you missed whenever I was talking to Ransom whenever you weren't here is that I think that any long-term plans that Tony Khan had in the holster went bye-bye when CM Punk came back last year. Uh, and then obviously you have Danielson come back. Come back. You have, you know, Red Dragon come over. You have Adam Cole come over. That All that will settle down eventually, but right now. It will. But but one thing is like you may yeah I mean he he may have had plans for Adam Page to have like a two year title run or whatever, but like when all of that transpires you go okay, new playbook let's play with the hand we're dealt. I honestly think that Hangman has had a very strong title reign so far. Uh, I have no problem with Adam Cole beating him, especially if there is interference from like Red Dragon. Uh, I think it sets up a perfect uh, showdown with Kenny Omega down the line, uh, with with Omega having the box and Cole having her a dragon. Um, you know, so do I think Adam Cole will win next week? I don't know. Guess you're gonna have to wait until I do my pick next week, huh? So, I you know, wait, isn't Revolution this weekend? Nope, next weekend. Ah. So I'm I'm. <sighs> I, we, I know we've talked so many times about the differences in the titles mm-hmm. between AEW and WWE. WWE does a lot of hot potato with the titles. Mm-hmm. AEW has, since the title's inception, been very conservative with how they switch the titles. 
the, the the main title, the AEW Championship. You know, it's it's won by somebody and held for a good long time, and they don't have this laundry list of champions holding that belt. Eventually, though, you would have to think that there's going to be a rather quick turnover. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, they can't they they can't be holding on to this model of months and months and months and months for every single champion. Because people are going to begin to expect that, and they're going to be saying, well, we're going to watch. It's going to be an entertaining match, but we've, we expect Adam Page to hold on to this title against Adam Cole, and then the next challenger, and the next challenger, and the next challenger. And then once you get six to eight months into it, then you're like, okay, well, now we're going to start thinking, okay, maybe this could be the one. Maybe this could be the one. So I think maybe doing a rather quick turnover with this title coming off of Adam Page, as unfortunate as it is for him, maybe most people wouldn't be expecting that because they, they look at the lineage and they say, there's no way they're going to take it off Adam Page this soon. He just freaking won it. They're not going to take it off of him already. It's been... Um, he's had 103 days, which pales to Kenny's number, which is 346. Uh, Moxley at 277 and Jericho at 182. But a 100-day reign is nothing to be ashamed of uh, in, in, in today's, you know, nomenclature. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that there is a chance. And, and you're 100% right, Ransom. I think that, you know, at some point someone's going to have to be that guy to not have – a year-long reign. You know, someone's going to have to be that guy. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I think that Hangman could be a great candidate for a two-time champion. You know, have him lose in some shady way uh, and then, like, have him move on and do other stuff and then go, you know, come back and, you know, when it again at all out next year or something like that, like, you know, like AEW does, they, 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 they manage to manage people and, uh, and, and, and make sure that they are uh, playing to their strengths and not their weaknesses. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I like Adam Page. I really do. Uh, I think that Adam Cole is a more believable main event draw than Adam Page. I know that CM Punk and Brian Danielson are both more credible main eventers than Adam. Cur- Let's put currently on that. Currently, or exactly, exactly. Uh, and again, like no, no slouch to, to to Page. He's had a great reign so far. Uh, he's beaten Danielson twice, or once, once, so at once or twice. <clears throat> he beat um he beat Archer. You know, so he's. He's had some decent some decent matches, but but at the end of the day, I think that you know, I all I'm gonna say, and again, I ransom, I I can't tell you exactly what I'm feeling. I just feel like something could happen at Revolution that'll be a big deal to get people talking. I <laughs> I, I I would say that it wouldn't be a bad move to put the belt on Cole. And uh, even to put the tag belts on Red Dragon, I, I I just think that 
I, like, like we talk so much about, but I, I feel like that's just MJF's belt to take, especially if he gets over on CM Punk again. Like, you could build towards even the next pay per view and put MJF in a program with Adam Page and have him actually get over and then skyrocket, skyrocket MJF even higher than he already is. However, you made the point that you feel like late 2022 into 2023 is going to be MJF's time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's too early to pull the trigger. However, I could see MJF carrying that belt forever. Then again, if, if Cole takes the belt off him, having MJF take the belt off of Cole would be just as impactful. It just wouldn't have any kind of, rub to Adam Page. You know what I mean? I think so if Cole beats Page, and that's a big if. If Cole beats Page, I think we're set up for a couple quick title changes. Because I think that Punk would beat Cole and then MJF would beat Punk probably it all out if I'm if I'm being honest. Um because hmm. all that's probably gonna be in Chicago again. And like they they absolutely absolutely would have MJF beat Punk, or maybe Punk takes the title from Cole at All Out this year, ah. and then then takes it from him next year. Revolution, you know, <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. And, like seeds seeds for the next year or two. So that, that I, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from with with, with this idea of Re- of Revolution. As far as the main seeds for the next right seeds for the next year or two are going to be planted a week from Sunday. Uh, well, on February the 6th, seeds for the next year are going to be planted, uh, or two with, with, with AEW at Revolution. February. Nope, March. Did I say February? No. Damn it. Yeah. Fuck. So, I, I don't, I don't want to get back into the, uh, we, 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 t- we talked a lot about Cody on the last episode, but you just, you mentioning this now got me thinking. When Cody said that he wouldn't be able to challenge for the AEW title, do you think, and again, this is wild speculation, but do you think this whole thing could be a work with him to bring him back as a heel and say, hey, I left, I decided I wasn't going to go anywhere else, I'm going to stay here, but guess what, everybody? I've got a new contract which states... I can now challenge for the AEW title. He shows up, interferes somehow, costs somebody something or another, sets himself up as a nice big fat heel who can now challenge for the AEW title. Or are you assuming that that Cody in the title picture would be written off no matter what? Like not forever, but at least in this in this era with him and the deal that he has with AEW where doesn't have that's just wild speculation write it off it's not going to happen i mean at this point i don't think that bringing cody back especially after both tk and cody had their like little puffery they posted online about each other I, I don't think that would be a good look for Tony Khan bringing him back as like a work. Like, yeah, haha, good job, you worked us all. 
But I mean, it would absolutely wreck our trust with him. And he's got a decent record of being like, hey, I got something big on the horizon. Just, you know, give it time. Let let it percolate. Like, right now, we're trusting in Tony Khan. When, when Tony Khan says he's got something really cool happening, you know, I, I we got to believe him. But if he brings Cody Rhodes back, he, even after both of them posted, like, things on social media about it, I, I just, like, I, I, I think that that would hurt his credibility, which is not something that you want right at, at this moment. Yeah, because we, we keep constantly forgetting that AEW is still young. It's still mm-hmm. a young company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tony Khan, Tony Khan is not a, a Vince McMahon. Like, the, no. the Vince McMahon slash Mr. McMahon, that would work there. Because the Mr. McMahon was an on-screen evil you know, heel boss character. But Tony Khan doesn't seem to have, like, he's not an on-screen character. So I, I, I get what you're saying. People would legit lose trust in him because he's not, he's not in that position to be like, ah, oh, working the fans because I'm Tony Khan, the character, not Tony Khan, the businessman. Like, there's a clear separation there. Tony Khan is not an on-screen character. He doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's not the, you know, on-screen boss. He's the legit behind-the-screen, not on-screen talent type guy, if you get what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I, I, I mean, the, the whole Cody thing is just a weird fucking thing. And, 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 and the fact that it's happening at this time of year with like one of AEW's big quarterly pay-per-views happening and, and WrestleMania happening like that just is 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 uh is is talking head fuel as uh yeah. as 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 we are. It, it 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 gives us plenty of like what ifs and and how abouts and this that and the other thing but in principle we're probably all going to be disappointed about how it's handled honestly because you know again what, revolution all- or Cody Cody um, mm-hmm. Because we're all we're 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 all talking ourselves into oh you know what if it's this big thing and you know at the end like at the end of the day he's probably just gonna have have a main event or two and then be uh be a mid carter which you know is fine sometimes people are just B plus players whoa oh ah <laughs> no here's here's the thing is that. Oh my Honestly, gosh. would him being a mid-upper mid-card player and having him ride that wave, would that be the worst thing in the world? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, Edge has had a lot of keynote matches since he returned, but, like, he's not making run for belts. He's not doing any of that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, like, it's it's kind of one of those positions where it's like you have clout, but you're kind of like a gatekeeper. I I don't think that's a bad position to be in, especially um oh, I'm dying. If um help. if uh well help. we're all dying in the Sylvia sure, Plath help. sense of the term. Um kick them the, all he's down. Oh, hey, speaking of <laughs> hey. dying, I'm dying to say how sexy that casual gaming dad Tiger Bomb Tom is. Um no, why my, do tigers heads explode? My, why do <laughs> my ah uh, yes my documentary. So <laughs> so my point is that like yeah okay maybe they'll do that with him maybe they won't put a belt on him maybe they won't like rocket him to the top of the card and everything. But for example, and I will reference the the other week on NXT. Look at where Dolph Ziggler's oh. at. <laughs> 
Okay. 2.0. You might. Well, okay, NXT 2.0. Fake NXT. What are you talking about? NXT. NXT's been dead I can't, for like half a year, man. I can't believe it's not NXT. But my um, my my no. point is, I uh, like seeing the work that Dolph did in that promo and everything like that, and his work rate, dude. Honestly, the guy's getting paid really well. He doesn't have to beat his body up as much as he used to. Like, I mean, it, it, like seriously, like it, it's not a bad place to be in. Like that's the problem is that we're putting these lofty. Uh, lofty ideals and lofty expectations for what they're going to do with Cody, but like putting him in that position of like an edge or even to, you know, to a, a little bit of a lesser extent, no offense, Dolph. I, I, I have been a huge Dolph apologist over the years. I think Dolph is great and they should have uh, pulled the trigger on him as well. But, but like being in that position is not the worst thing in the world. It's not. I mean, I guess it just comes down to what your priority is. I mean, if how much you really care about your creative freedom or not, other people value that more than the paychecks and to each their own, really. Yeah. So. The real question is, do you guys think they'll ever televise NXT again? I hope so. They, they, had, they had a real good product at one time. Uh, yeah, didn't so... they, though? Hold on, but, but listen, what, well, I do want to ask this, though. Yes. To, to Poot's point about not, you know, that, that position not being a bad position to be in. I guess it depends on how you look at it, because if you believe the, the best top guys, you know, Stone Cold being one of them, and he's, he's said this multiple times to multiple people, if you're not there to reach the top, to be the champion to get that gold, not, not the Intercontinental or the United States, if you're not there to be the WWE champion or the Universal champion or whatever the top belt is, there's no point in you being there. Uh, you know, that's not a direct, you know, that, uh, uh, not a direct quote, but, th you know, that's the gist of what he said. Is Bob 316 is for the highest. Yeah, like, if you're not there to win the gold, to be the best, to be the top dog... There's no point in being there. Do you believe that adage? Or nah. do you believe that, hey, some people are there to be the best they can be in the mid-card. They're going to be on TV. They're going to be able to show the world what they can do. Maybe they win a mid-card belt. They've got some good feuds. They make some good money. At the end of the day, they're happy. I think like what what is the mindset there? What should the mindset be? Well, I think I think it's situational because I think guys who are young and hungry should have the idea of that I'm going to be the world champion. I'm going to do everything in my power to be the best that I can be. But when you're someone, uh, you know, with with the lineage and the pedigree of a Cody Rhodes, you've already proven as much as you can. Now, Cody has Cody ever been a world champ? No, like. But, and, and so that's kind of maybe like a thing of like, okay, I haven't done it. I want to do it. Sure. Maybe he should have that fire in his belly a little bit, but, but if he feels like he's already proven everything he's done, he, he came up, you know, and kind of, uh, stepped in my opinion with the gimmicks that he had in WWE, he stepped out of the shadow of his dad and his brother and made himself 
go, oh, this guy has good work rate. He's creative. He's making things work for him. Even even taking into account Stardust, because God bless him, he he made right it back work. in his brother's shoes. He did well. I mean, you know, he he. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but was, like, even though. in that even in that shit sandwich of a situation, he committed to it and he did it. So he proved he made it his own. He, he made it his own. He, and that's he wasn't gold dust. He, he did. was Stardust. No, and that, well, well, no, no, but, but I, I, let me let me finish my thought was, real quick, Ransom. That was Gold Dust Little Brother. No, that was Gold Dust Little Brother. Let, like that, let me. Yeah, he made the it, best of it. But, but he didn't step out of the shadow of his brother. He well, didn't. No, not, not with that one. I'm talking about with the dashing Cody Rhodes thing and then the deformed Cody Rhodes thing. Those kind of things. Yeah, that proved, was all before then. I know that was before that, but you're, you're that. That's what I'm saying. He, is in that capacity, he, ended. he proved he proved that he could do it. But then when he was handed the Stardust thing, he he committed to. He did not. Be out of character when he wasn't in his private space. He committed to that gimmick. He committed 100%. And in that, in my opinion, even though it was a shit sandwich to eat, he showed that he is willing to work and he is willing to be cooperative and he's willing to do his thing. And now he went off into the ether, into the indies, wrestled who he wanted to wrestle, achieved his goals there. Then with the Bucks and Jericho and Tony Khan at all, he went and he started a company that became the second largest promotion, arguably, New Japan aside, in the world. He he did. He created something that was that that is now has built a foundation and is riding its own wave. So what does he yep. have to prove now other than taking a world title strap? I mean, in his mind, look at what he's done. D would he be unhappy with just kind of a mid-upper mid-card run? I don't think he would. He has a beautiful wife. He has a he has a he has a uh, kid. He has done all these other things that I talked about. Well, like I mean, how can you be unhappy with that? I So hold on though. My my point to that is, his run ended in WWE as Stardust. Hey, okay. Here's the thing. So here we're we're gonna talk Stardust. All right. So here are the similarities between Stardust and Goldust. Both of them, their last name was Rhodes. They wore face paint and bodysuits. That's it. And yes, WWE wanted you to make a connection. Oh. It's like Stardust. It's like Goldust, but Stardust. But Cody absolutely took that character, which was flat, uninspired, and a pile of crap, and made it fun and interesting and intriguing. Every single time Stardust had a promo, it was fun. When he wrestled, it was fun. It wasn't just a carbon copy of Goldust. It was something new and inventive, even though it wasn't supposed to be. He took the reins and said, "You know what? Watch what I do with it." Well, to that to that point, Goldust did the same thing back in the day because he wasn't a hundred percent sold on the androgynous, like over-sexualized uh, character of Goldust, but he ran with it because that's just not who he was as a person. But he he fell into that character pretty well. So, I mean, I I get what Ransom's saying, like. And and what Poot's saying, like Poot's saying that with all the stuff that Cody did leading up to and before 
Thar does. Like he stepped out of his father's shadow and is and out of his brother's shadow, showing what he could do. You know, and he had the whole legacy thing or whatever with with uh, you know Dibiase, and that was you know all that. I get Ransom's point. Yes, uh, while he may have stepped out of the shadow, there he ended pretty much right underneath the shadow of gold dust because there was that connection and everything like that so it, it in a way they it, in a way you could argue and say that they kind of buried him at the end there and they and made you it's anymore it's like it's not necessarily okay what have you done it's what have you done for me lately so in the goldfish brains you know, it, it's oh well. I when you say Cody Rhodes, oh yeah, that was Stardust in WWE. They're not going to remember the smoke and mirrors. They're not going to remember you know dashing Cody or whatever. They're going to remember Stardust because that was the most recent thing. That was the thing that was ended on, and arguably probably the uh, the the thing that garnered the most attention. Because look at it, how could it not? You know what I mean. Yeah, with, with with Cody, and my whole point is this, and I'm not taking away what he did with that character. That character was supposed to be, I completely and 110% believe, a rib for him. Like, haha, you're Cody Rhodes, you're Dusty Rhodes' kid, everybody knows that Goldust is Dusty Rhodes' kid. Uh, we don't know what to do, so we'll call you Stardust. And it started out as a carbon copy of Goldust. Same coloring, all that nonsense. Yes, Cody did take it and run with it, and he did a great job with it. Absolutely no arguments coming from me. But at the same time, it's not like they called him Space Ranger 12 or something different. Star Dust. Little brother of Gold Dust. It was, he was Gold Dust's little brother. He, he, he took it and ran with it, but that's what it was. He was Gold Dust's little brother, Star Dust. That didn't come at the beginning. They didn't bring him in like that. That's a character that you start with. Then he develops his own, his own personality, his own personas. That's when he becomes dashing Cody Rhodes and, and you know, busted up mirror Cody Rhodes. That was the original stuff. The, the Stardust was being Goldust's little brother, and that's how he ended his WWE run. That's how he ended it. So for Cody, yes, coming back to WWE, you should not want to be a top mid-card guy. You shouldn't want to be that. You should want to be able to prove yourself and your legacy and say, I'm the son of the American dream, especially if he's going to call himself the American nightmare, which I hope is not a copyrighted by AEW. I hope he can do that in WWE. Pretty because sure he that's owns calling the copyright back to that, by the way. Oh, good. So that's coming back to his legacy. Like, that's what you should be playing on. You're the, your legacy is that you're the son of the American dream. You're the American nightmare. And he should want to be at the top, not in the mid card, not, not making a nice paycheck and not having to worry about, you know, oh, hurt my body, do this and that and the other thing. His WWE is going to work him. It's not like he's going to have an easier time in WWE than he did in AEW. No way. WWE is going to squeeze every dime out of, the, out of him if they can because they're going to be paying him money. So they're going to get what they're going to pay for. Cody Rhodes at this juncture should be saying, I have the lineage and the blood to be at the top, to not be the stardust. 
to not be the dashing Cody Rhodes with the broken mirror, the face mask, or the mustache. I'm the son of the American dream. I have a legacy. I have a lineage in this business. It's no different than when they hype Randy Orton's legacy. All they do is talk about third-generation superstar. Uh, uh, look at that guy. He's the son of the son of the... It shouldn't be any different than that. If Randy Orton can ride his legacy to the top and be a constant, constantly involved in title matches, having won and lost so many different WWE titles, Cody Rose should be striving for the same thing. You should be able to look back at your career and say, look at what I've overcome. Not look what I've accomplished. Look at what I've overcome. Look at what I've overcome in stardust, dashing Cody Rhodes, legacy. I was under the boot of Randy Orton the whole time. We were his lackey. This is what I've risen above. So Cody Rhodes should be coming into WWE wanting to reach the top of the top, not wanting to reach the top of the mid card. Because like Beef said, he did take the stardust gimmick and he ran with it and he made it his own. And he made it entertaining and the fans bought it and ate it up. If he can do that, being Gold Dust little brother, he should be able to do it on his own, saying, this is who I am. I'm the American nightmare. Look at my father. Look at everything he's done. I'm going to rise above it and do more. So I absolutely think that Cody Rhodes should be striving for a WWE title and not just being happy, being mid-card on TV, making a paycheck. I think he's going to be a foil for Roman Reigns for all of those reasons you just said. The bloodline, the lineage, everything else. He's going to come in leading with that, and Roman Reigns is going to prove that he has a superior bloodline, superior genetics, superior lineage, yada, 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 leading up to a match at The Rock next year at WrestleMania. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing that. I 100% believe that you're right. And that's why I think this is a very poor decision on Cody Rhodes' part. Because eh, at least in AEW... Get paid. You know, at, at the end of the day, get, get paid. paid. That's... Hey, man. Like, I get it. I, I absolutely... And I, yeah, is, you know, do do superstars and athletes and rock stars, do they, do they live well above our means? Yeah, they do. But they still have, like, their comfortable living space. And is it the same as ours? It's not. Uh, should it be? I don't know. That's not for me to say. I'm, you know, I do as much as I can with what I have, and I think that a lot of people are like that now. Whether you're making thirty thousand a year, whether you're making a hundred thousand a year, whether you're making thirty million a year, I think that everybody is kind of pushing their limits. So if you can go out and get more money to live comfortably for the rest of your life, hey man. Like we 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 all do shit that we don't want to do from time to time. So if we can go out there and get paid for it, I get it. It, it yeah, sucks. It, it's it's everybody everybody has their own priorities. But I you know I I, I want to just put this out there now. I will entertain zero boohooing from and for Cody Rhodes. When he goes to WWE, if he goes to WWE, knowing full well what they did with him before, knowing full well how they operate, because he made a very big point, again, in AEW, of breaking the throne. I'm the guy. 
look at what I left them. If he goes to WWE and gets put in doofy gimmicks or Myers in the mid card, the first time I hear anybody, poor Cody, or see some sort of tweet from him about, you know, whether he wants out of his contract or when his contract is up, boo-hooey, this, that, or the other thing. Uh-uh, sorry. You chose the dollar signs. There's no boo-hooing from you. Creative boo-hooing? No. Title boo-hooing? No. Gimmick boo-hooing? No. I don't want to hear it. Because if Cody chooses the dollar sign, I- he should know damn well what he's getting his ass into. So that I, that I will entertain zero boo-hoos for Cody Rhodes if he returns to WWE and they use and abuse him. Agreed. I, I- I really, I, I, I know, and maybe I'm just being the standard poot optimistic thing here, but I don't think that they're going to abuse him. And again, I mentioned this on the last episode, simply for the optics. Like, it would look so bad on WWE. I really don't think that people, because people are smart enough, fans are smart enough now to know that it's like there will now there would be a blowback. There absolutely would be a blowback of well, coulda woulda shoulda, buddy. Like you gotta you gotta you made your bed now lie in it. But I don't think that there's going to be a uh, there there wouldn't be people that are just like roundly one hundred percent being like fuck you, Cody. You chose the dollar size. I don't. I think it would be people being like, well, Cody, you made your bed and you're lying in it, but fuck WWE for fucking this up because we will just complain as we have and we have and we will continue to do it until they fucking fix it, which there's no plans to do it. But it, it it's it's the it's the idea that it's like they'll look and go, you had lightning in a bottle yet again, yet again, and you fucked it up, WWE. And that's what it will be. It'll just be people going, how the fuck do you misuse this person? The only I, thing that I'll I, argue... I don't to, care about the optics. Exactly. That's I was going to say, that. My, my argument for, for the uh, not caring about the optics, look at the shit that went over, on Saudi, went over and happened in Saudi Arabia, the very reason why we don't even do the picks for the blood money shows, and yet they still continue to go over there and do that shit. They because they that. have that perspective that they're doing that and they're pushing forward culture in Saudi Arabia. That's how they justify it to themselves. Now I understand uh, it, what you're thinking. Yeah. If they could justify that, how can they not justify the Cody Rhodes thing? But it would it would just push. I, I guarantee you there would be the complete WWE apologists who would go, ha ha, they made a fool out of AEW. But I, I'll I, dollars to donuts. The majority of fans would be like, fuck these guys. Now, it, maybe, maybe, but nothing will, nothing will, will come of that because it's not like this is the first, second, or even third time that WWE has done it. It's clear they don't give two shits about the optics. Saudi Arabia aside, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, uh, freaking Finn Balor, they don't give a shit about the optics, man. Like, they don't. They'll bring Cody in and abuse the shit out of him make them look a fool, people will complain about it. But just like we do, every WWE pay-per-view, blood money aside, we do picks. We watch the Rumbles, we watch the SummerSlams, we watch the Manias. So that's what they care about. 
Merch is still going to sell. People are still going to watch their product, whether they bitch about it or praise it. People are still going to do it. We bitch about WWE relentlessly, constantly, twice a week. We're bitching about the WWE. What's going to happen come WrestleMania? We're going to fucking watch it. We're going to bitch about it afterwards, but we're going to fucking watch it. I'm going to say this. Same, same as the, the other big fours and even some of the other smaller ones. We're going to watch it. If it, wasn't so, for the, if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably would stop watching. But uh, I, I did. I mean, even, be, even despite the podcast, I stopped watching for a while because I was, I was just that pissed off with the shit that right. they pulled. And there may be some people that do that. Yeah. But not enough. The Fiend... Hey, man, let's go yeah. back and watch WrestleMania and see what they did with the, one of the hottest people that they had. Yep. So if they can do that to The Fiend and Karrion Cross, they fed him as the, one of the hottest NXT champions ever. As NXT champion to Jeff Hardy. Clean and quick. That was an internal, I believe that was was Vince putting his foot on Triple H's throat. That's what that was. It doesn't matter. Regardless of the reason. It's still optics, though. It's still very bad optics. And we bitched about it. And we're still going to watch these WWE pay-per-views. It was also an aborted storyline, a la the NWO. I think that there was more to come. I think that Karrion Cross would have recovered and been an absolute beast. But, like, I don't think that he was willing to wait. I don't, and I'm, you know, I can't blame him because, you know, we kept hearing the same thing about Keith Lee. Oh, well, they're finally going to get him right. They're finally going to get him right. They're finally in that, you know, never fucking materialized. So I don't fucking crush him one bit. I don't understand why everybody's all upset because we spent more time in this podcast bitching about Cody Rhodes and AEW than we bitched. AW in general, period, about Cody putting himself over about you know on on new talent, about Cody doing this, Cody doing that, mm-hmm. you know, two birds one stone, man. Cody goes back to WWE and gets fucking humbled, like Shiki baby humbled, uh, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's what's going to happen, and he doesn't get to like look superior over guys like fucking Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks anymore. Win win. Win-win. I, Gentlemen. I yeah, agree. You're right. Give me, that, have... uh, give me that sweet, sweet uh, stuff to champs. Yeah, man. We, we got a question from our boy, Pat. Uh, Pat, we always appreciate your connectivity with us. And you out there can get involved as well by sending two emails to our email address, pittsburghpiledriverpodcast at gmail.com. One with the question, one with the answer. In the answer, make sure you put a sentence or two so I don't see the answer in the preview. Otherwise, you'll be disqualified. If you are able to successfully stump the champs, you will appear on a future recording of the Pittsburgh pile driver podcast that being said our friend the resident maniac aka pat the bastard wwe final four was a pay-per-view held to determine who would be the next wwe champion due to the title being vacated by Shawn michaels the intercontinental and tag titles were also defended that night who were those champions looking for intercontinental and tag Oh boy. He doesn't want the main. He just wants the Intercontinental and the Tag Champions. Correct. He wants the winners. Like who won them? Um 
I would assume, I would assume he wouldn't give a shit about who's coming in as the champion. So we want the Intercontinental and the tag champions? The IC and tag belts were also defended that night. Who were those champions? So I, I'm not sure if he's looking, or, or maybe they didn't change hands. Maybe that's a spoiler in and of itself. Maybe they didn't change hands. Luckily. Well, the way it's worded, it, luckily, he says, who were those champions? So I would go with who defended them. Luckily, I just happened to watch a pay-per-view today where they referenced the final four. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't recall exactly when that took place. Uh, it wasn't in your house, and it was prior to WrestleMania 13, because that's, you know, between Shawn Michaels' boyhood dream and Shawn Michaels taking his ball and going home, that yeah. was that stretch of time. Right. So, at WrestleMania 13, the Intercontinental Champion was Rocky Maivia, and the Tag Team Champions were Davey Boy Smith and Owen Hart. Uh, take that for what you will, but those are the champions at the time of WrestleMania 13. Okay. I would... I, honestly, I would stick with those answers because at that time, that close to Mania, why would you have that quick of a title change? Back then. Back then. I, I don't know when Final Four transpired. Well, That's I thought the you said they, they referenced on. Final Four. I would assume it'd be that close to a Mania. They did. Because <sighs> they talked about Vader coming off of Final Four. And I thought, I was like, man. That's a weird thing to be talking about because it's very confusing with March Madness. But the fact that March Madness is the Final Four also tells me that they probably, you know, were right around that time frame. When did Michaels leave? Uh, oh, what after it was? It was shortly after Mania Thirteen, wasn't it? No. When did Michaels leave to vacate the title? When did he lose uh, his smile? The, what the I lost my smile promo? Mm, Was that the I same one? Know. I don't know. Um, he won at 12, obviously. He was a commentator at 13. Um, I think the the guys in the final four, like to, the tie, to determine the, the WWE title, were Sid, Brett, Austin, and Taker, if I'm not mistaken. Well, didn't you just say something about Vader? He was in the tournament, but I don't think that uh, okay. he was like uh, a major no. player. Okay, that was it. it would have been this at this time frame, I believe that uh, the champ, the Intercontinental Champ, leaving that would have been the Rock. I think so. As I well. think that was a, a Rock Triple H feud, either the first or second for the Intercontinental Belt. Would have been the first because he wasn't the Rock yet; he was still Rocky Maivia. Okay, so I think I, I believe it was those two, and The Rock did win that and left the champion. So here's the only thing with the tag team titles. Um, this was right around the fallout of Yokozuna leaving um, because the gimmick, uh, oh God, who was... It was Vader and Mankind that they faced at WrestleMania 13. Uh, no. I'm confusing timelines, I think. Because um, Yoko had a match 
had like a six man match where if he won, he would have gotten. Okay, so so disregard the Yoko thing. WrestleMania 13 was Vader and Mankind versus Owen and Bulldog for the titles. So yeah. I and and again, just given that they a, a reference Final Four on WrestleMania, and B knowing that March Madness in NCAA happens in March. And that's what they call the fun, you know. That that's the that's the real final four. Would not shock me if WWE tried to like, you know, capitalize on that time frame. So I'm willing to believe mm-hmm. it happened sometime between Rumble and Mania. So yes, I probably. do think that it was probably Bulldog and Owen as champs as well. Yeah, I think this is one of the ones where I, I rewatched, but I didn't rewatch it a lot. And I haven't rewatched it recently. So I can't tell you who they fought, but I think this is around the time where Owen was carrying around his slammies. Yep. And I think I think the match did end with Kerfuckery. I have no idea who they who they faced, but I believe that Owen and Bulldog were disqualified. Because if I'm remembering it right, I think one of those two hit one of the opponents with the slammy and it was caught by the ref. So Owen and Bulldog technically lost the match, but they left as the champs because they weren't beat. I... So, yeah, Beef, I think you're right. Owen and Bulldog left that event as the champs, even though they didn't win. And Rocky Maivia beat Triple H for the Intercontinental title, and Rocky Maivia left the Intercontinental champion. Okay. So, so, so just to cover our base, you're saying that going in, Triple H was the Intercontinental Champion, and the and Rocky Maivia beat him. No, okay, no, I don't think so Triple H that... won his Intercontinental Championship until he beat The Rock. Okay, after and... he took over DX, so The Rock yep. went in champ, beat Triple H and left champ. Owen and Bulldog went in as champs. I have no idea who they faced, but they lost via DQ and still left the champs. Checks out. Do you guys agree with that assumption? Works for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Rocky, uh, Rocky Maivia being the champ going in defending and Owen and Bulldog being the champs going in defending. Yep. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. Cause, Cause I was like, I'm sitting here trying to like run down the, I'm like trying to run down the timeline in my mind whenever we were saying like WrestleMania 13, but like I, I know I, I know that the that the main title wasn't the focus of the question, but I was trying to remember what the main event of thirteen was. That would have been Sid and Taker. So correct. I yeah. Watched yeah. So ago. yeah. So, so Pat, I think we got you, but it's just because of bad timing. Sorry, buddy. Uh, and to be fair, this came out uh, you know two weeks ago. So if we would have gotten this question two weeks ago, you may have gotten us. Probably not with ransom, but you know, here we go. <clears throat> Great job, Ransom, on picking the answer out of your ass like last time, like you always do. Hopefully, I'll stop you on this Rude. one. I see The Rock. You're wrong, sir. It was Rocky Maivia. Tag Owen Hart and British Bulldog. It was not The Rock. It was Rocky Maivia. Um, Pat, but... get your shit straight. Oh, jeez, <laughs> don't berate the poor kid. He's too nice for that. The same guy. He's too sweet of Listen. a boy. <laughs> So I guess person. we can so so I guess we can just call start start calling Rikishi the Sultan then. All right. Oh, no. No. Okay. Let's, let's All right. Let's not get carried away. 
So wow. the bottom line here, Pat, is that because of poor timing, once again, you lose, sir, and you get nothing. Good day. Oh. Good day. Six to midnight. <laughs> Fantastic. Speaking of good days, uh, Poot, why don't you put your Dr. Bedtime pants on and put this day to bed? Oh, I'm absolutely going to do that. Thank you very much for listening to the P3 Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate it. We want to thank our sponsors, as always, Mr. Casual Gaming Dad, our very own Tiger Bomb Tom. You go on over to Facebook, that's Facebook.com, and search on Casual Gaming Dad. Okay, you find him on there. Streams a lot of awesome content. Absolutely great. Um, he is also on Twitch at Casual Gaming Dad and over on YouTube at Casual Gaming Dad 84. Okay? Uh, correct. Or is it verse, vice versa? Vice versa. Vice and, versa. Uh, and, Sorry, I always forget. That's okay. And our, our Among Us streams that we normally do on Tuesday nights are going to be Twitch exclusive Ooh. starting here on this Tuesday, March the first. So if you're not following Maybe get that on, affiliate. Yeah. So if you're not get if you're not following me on Casual Gaming Dad eighty four over on Twitch, sucks to suck. Get with the program. So Can't Casual Gaming Dad eighty four on Twitch. I apologize for the mistake That's earlier. It. And Casual Gaming Dad over on on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, so also go on over to Gould Gaming. That's GouldGaming.com. Uh, and search on Casual Gaming Dad. Find awesome Casual Gaming Dad merch. I'm fixing to pick some up for my new for the new Pudutorium. Decorate a little bit. And um uh, you can also get your very own P3 podcast shirt over there in Casual Gaming Dad store. Very nice of them to uh, host the P3 podcast t-shirt. Get your own, and it won't cost you forty nine ninety nine, you idiots. And it's a high-quality oh. shirt. Trust me, I'm a big, fat guy. I don't buy low-quality stuff because it will just rip off my big, fat frame. We also want to thank Mr. Sean Tischler and his work with Independent Wrestling in the Central Pennsylvania area, keeping the dream alive for a lot of the future stars of the business. And we want to thank our very own Ransom and his channel on YouTube, Frig Off Ransom. That's F-R-I-G space O-F-F space R-A-N-S-O-M. Go find him. Subscribe. And if you don't, you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. That's what you are. You're just an idiot. I'm sorry. New I went a little asmr -E there. <laughs> subscribe to subscribe to Ransom. Do it. Oh, there we go. There you go. Subscribe to him. He's hilarious. Uh, and and uh, get ready because uh, the following week of this episode, we're going to be picking our picks for AEW Revolution, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Beef was being uh, a little close to the chest, as is his want, uh, with our discussion earlier and uh, in uh, the past couple episodes. So let's see where it all goes. For Mr. Beef the Legend, our encyclopedia, the madman himself, Mr. Ransom, for Casual Game Dad, and myself. Who is he? That's right. He's PTB. Poot the Bard, baby. Have a wonderful evening. I said baby and not baby. That was weird. Rude.